Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon. It is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group. And thank you so much for joining us on Egg Live. It is Friday, May 3rd. And we just have uh, an amazing show. And, and I, I say this because this is back by popular demand. Our guest today is Teresa Corcoran. And Teresa is a coach, a speaker, a trainer, an entrepreneur, and a dreamer. And she also happens to be an expert on rebounding. And the book that we're going to talk about today is Rebounding, a Practical Guide for Getting Up and Getting Over It. And uh, Teresa, I'm so glad to have you back. We were just reminiscing a little bit. So, you know, the topic of today, actually my favorite topic in the whole world, is failure. And and the the lead in that we put uh, on the show today when we posted it on Blog Talk Radio was who among us has not experienced failure? And I happen to have experienced yeah. what I call spectacular failure. So why don't you give our Ooh. listeners a little thumbnail into you? Because you've you've had quite a journey and and you've changed your last name since the last time we met. And there's clearly a story behind that. You started to tell me before we put on the recording. And why don't we start there, Teresa? Oh, thanks so much, Chickie. And just I'm just so very grateful to be here with you today. Just from the moment I got on the phone just a few minutes ago, I just knew that God had placed me perfectly in the right place today. And I just want to thank you and express my gratitude for the opportunity. Um, yeah, rebounding is an ever dynamic process, of course. And you know, and I do think, and it sounds a bit cliche that you know it isn't our successes that really define us, but you know, in fact, how we respond to these challenges and obstacles in our lives and, and the resiliency that we find inside of ourselves, the core values that we get an opportunity to refine and discover in ourselves so that we can respond um, in an ever-increasingly positive way and create something even better at the at the other side of whatever challenge it is that we're facing. So. Right. Um, you know, who among us hasn't experienced failure? It's it's absolutely all around us, and yet I still find, Kiki, it's the it's the one thing that that sometimes people hesitate to talk about. Right. There's so much shame um, packed around some of these types of failures, whether it be bankruptcy, divorce, um, you know, grieving of whatever type it is, and, and so many times I just find that people are so much more likely to cover it up, kind of mask it over, you know, it's just an effort, I think, to keep it together, um, but the price that we pay for, for not celebrating those opportunities by kind of coming forward and being able to share them with other people is, is really can be quite intense, so... I'm excited to do this work because I find such purpose in, if nothing else, being transparent about my own challenges and what I've found that that has allowed is other people to feel comfortable saying, hey, I'm going through something too. Right. Well, and I think that that's the thing. I I have uh, a number of friends and colleagues who will – gently and, and you know I'll use the word criticize but but it really is uh, quite loving uh in its delivery um tell me that they think that I'm too open about things <laughs> and I have to laugh because you know I I really have the perspective that you do that it is only in opening up those vulnerabilities that we actually do become strong and, uh, you know, certainly from a biblical perspective, that is, uh, you know, a, a time-tested uh, principle and and that it really is in weakness uh, that we become strong. And, you know, we, we watch what goes on, um, you know, the formation of a diamond, uh, the crushing of grapes, uh, you know, which is, uh, produces wine. 
Um, you know, even a child falling down and getting up as a toddler, if you if you never let them do that, their legs won't be strong enough. And or or the you know the chrysalis uh, breaking mm-hmm. out of uh, of its um, or the the butterfly uh, what what's it called the larva inside uh, I'm forgetting my biology uh, but anyway you know all those things are in, in nature show us uh, that very principle and you know that process of of rediscovering yourself reinventing yourself uh, recovering. Uh, you know, which makes up this whole topic of rebounding is something that, you know, many people don't ever think they're going to have to face. But what we've certainly seen in the Executive Girlfriends group and when you and I first met um, was when the economy started to tank. And, you know, at first some of our corporate executives who were members of of the Executive Girlfriends group would, on on our weekly call back then, we had people on the call and and we would, uh, you know, some of them would lament of how they were having to, you know, give out pink slips if those even still exist. But, you know, having to figure out who of their team they were going to get let go only Mm -hmm. to come back four weeks later and say, oh, my God, I got let go today. And and their, their entire... Um, uh, who they were is wrapped up in in the name on their business card, you know, the company and uh-huh. and the title. And so, so talk to us a little bit about your own story, uh, because y- you've you've gone through a lot, and and you've certainly come out of it very very strong. But you know, your your uh, your own business has gone through a rebirth. Your personal life, I mean, everything. Yeah, lots of different phases. Um, you know, really, really started even before my first business, but I opened my first business in 2006 is really a direct answer to a lot of prayer and just praying for guidance. And I knew that I was on the verge of a next chapter in my life. I had, I had been in the real estate, um, industry, the construction industry and, and really had been, um, you know, in sales for over 15 years, and the thing that I found about sales that I love to do was really to tap into um, managing and coaching and empowering the people on my team and help them, in, you know, kind of envision their goals and reach for their goals. And so, you know, our the industry, of course, went under massive reconstruction. Um, you know, 2005, 2006, the market was shifting and um, and as a result, also the management environment I was working in also started shifting, and I just knew that it was time to make a change. And when I really tapped into what I love to do most, I felt called into this coaching capacity to a greater level. And right. so I flew out the door, um, you know, really on a lot of faith um, and, you know, <laughs> ignorance, I guess, is bliss. <laughs> um, right. You know, opening my first coaching agency, um, which really Raleigh hadn't seen, you know, the likes of. Um, still to this day, I mean, it, it's, you know, a, the agency concept with coaching is, is not um, as widespread. There's a lot of solo entrepreneurs out there um, and not as many coaching groups. But one of the things that I found is that people in a coaching capacity really needed um, not only community and kind of that ability to come together in their consulting work, um, celebrate their differences, but also a real grounding in sales and marketing principles because so many people are called to that profession from a service orientation but really have no idea how to sell themselves, right. have no idea how to kind of bring themselves into the industry. And so I opened Inspire, uh, my first coaching agency, and I um, just felt – so excited, so purpose-filled, and um, and really celebrated some huge successes in the first two years of opening. Um, we landed a multi-million-dollar opportunity to form a coaching and training institute for an HR firm in um, in the region. And um, it wasn't but six or seven months into that contract, and of course, we felt like we had reached a state, uh, somewhat of a state of arrival. Right. This was a solid paycheck. This was, you know, keeping 35 people on payroll fed, supporting and providing for their families. I mean, this was a huge opportunity for my little baby firm. Right. <laughs> and um, 
you know, and it was really exciting. However, you know, shortly into it, after we had done kind of all this ramping up, um, they discovered payroll tax fraud um, on the part of uh, the company that had hired us to do this work. And so they ended up folding their door, you know, closing the doors, folding up shop, um, you know, shortly after we started this work with them. And so it was just literally ticky, like, you know, the world imploded. <laughs> the right. deck of cards fell in on itself. And, and Christmas of 2007, I basically had to, um, you know, lay everybody off, kind of close up shop myself. There was just no way at that point to recover. Training budgets had been slashed, and I tried for a good, you know, six months to kind of recover the revenue streams, and it just was not happening. And so I went back down, kind of sold the business off piece for piece, um, literally office building, computers, you name it, um, and went back down to meeting myself and I as a coach in my home, um, and really, you know, to this day, you know, the grieving that went along with that that process is it's still very much with me. It's it's kind of interesting because I think that when because I felt so called to purpose, I just had a sense of optimism um, about it, and that was kind of driving the vision, but also um, just kind of seemed to be things just seemed to be falling into place. And so when it when it just went belly up, it was just a huge shock to the system. And, of course, you know, not just um, emotionally, but financially as well. Right. So as a result, personally, you know, it resulted in a personal bankruptcy, you know, losing several pieces of property, including my personal residence. As it turned out, we ended up short-sailing placed a huge amount of strain on my marriage. Um, that was my second marriage at the time, and since then I've been divorced. Um, so it really stripped away, piece by piece, like everything that I thought was good and secure. Right. And, you know, in the process of undergoing that stress, I also had some severe health challenges. Um, I got shingles, and my immune system basically just shut down. Oh, and my stress gosh. response system just said, okay, enough. My adrenals were like, okay, completely depleted, completely fatigued. Um, and as a result, you know, I ended up really broke, <laughs> alone, and hurting, <laughs> in pain. Oh. And so that's a point that you really have to learn the skills that go along with that rebounding and resiliency process and just kind of a coming back to what's really important at the core and rebuilding from there. Well, that's and, an amazing that's an amazing And you story. know, and I think that I it's it's dynamic. It never ceases, you know, day by day I'm still in that process, literally. And it can take a long time to do and I think that that the shame that I've felt packed around it just in terms of you know, how long it has taken me to kind of come out the other end. Um, writing the book was just simply an exercise in keeping my sanity, quite honestly. Right. <laughs> you know, right. in the middle of it. Well, so, I'm glad you did because, you know, so many people, uh, as we started out uh, sharing, is they, they don't share. And and they they hold it in, and that's what creates that sense of shame. And you know, I I have been toying. I I know I won't do it because it's not not where I'm called. But um, I have wanted to write a book about about bankruptcy because you know it's like this uh-huh. big scarlet letter. And so I was going to call it the Scarlet B. You know, oh, because, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, my husband and I as well had had to go through personal bankruptcy, not because of anything that had happened to us personally. You know, we didn't have credit card debt or any of that, but it was because of a spectacular business failure. And in order to protect our personal assets, um, you know, we needed to do that. And and uh, you know, and we shut down that that portion of the business that that uh, you know tanked. Because not only because of the the economic crisis, but then the BP oil spill was right on the back of that, and 
uh, you know, of course, living in Florida, and at the time I was doing a contract for uh, the the people who run the Kennedy Space Center, and tourism to Florida just dried up overnight. So, um, you know, we found ourselves in in just this amazing place, and and we had already been three years without income was the thing, is we were building this technology company, and we had put everything we owned and and many things that we didn't you know i mean i learned right. the i learned right. what highly leveraged actually meant yeah yeah when people invest a million dollars into something it's not because they had a million dollars sitting around in the bank you know earning interest right so right. um you know by the sh- <clears throat> the sharing of all of that um, you know, we we really can help people get up and get over it because at some point, and and we do need to lick our wounds. Uh, you know, I remember saying to my husband, you know, when we had switched from shopping at Publix, which is our local grocery store here in in Florida, and we had uh, downgraded to a, a store called Aldi, uh, which mm-hmm. is a little bit like a warehouse store where, you know, you discount, walk sure. in. Yeah, very, very discount. Brands you have never, ever heard of. Heard and, of, yeah. You know, and, and so here we were, you know, and we would want to grab a bottle of wine for dinner, and it was like $2.49. And it's like, honey, you know, maybe we should just stop drinking wine until we can afford a decent <laughs> bottle again. And, and you know, I mean... I I tell my kids, you know, the the one thing that sticks out in my mind of, of that whole experience, and this is crazy that this is what what is in my head, is the day that uh, the uh, bottled water company came and wheeled out the cooler that we you know had been getting bottled water, and to me that was like the and and it's not that I loved bottled water so much, I probably didn't even yeah. drink it enough, knowing myself now, <laughs> but it was that symbol of my life about to change, right? Yeah, your life is being dismantled. I mean, it's kind of the things that you, you know, and it isn't that you derive your identity from those things, but that they were assumptions that they were there, they were going to be there. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, I did not, I was not wearing a Crystal Springs t-shirt. But, you know, but but the thing is, and, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like you're at the same place, is, you know, I mean, we have completely... Uh, bounced back. And I mean, the day after our bankruptcy was filed, I mean, we got a, a several hundred thousand dollar consulting contract. And, and you know, I mean, it, it just, uh, we have been blessed. And, and we are, are living in this, uh, this place of, of just incredible favor that whatever we step out into, um, you know, is just really, really going well. And, you know, I will never, ever take that for granted again. No, no. Well, and I have to say, I I am coming out the other end of it still, Chickie. Yeah. I, I don't have that sense of, oh, my goodness, it's all past. And look at, look, <laughs> you know, I can look back. And I'm, I'm still, I'm still in, in the middle of some of the transitions right. um, there. And I do have to say that a huge part of it for me, and I'm in the process of actually writing a second edition of the book and changing the title up a little bit, um, because really integrating and coming back to my journey in faith um, has been a huge part of this. And, you know, I grew up very Catholic, um, very Christian, very active in my church. And then for 20 years, I basically side-burnered religion altogether. Still had a very personal relationship with God, but... You know, these kinds of challenges, well, it, for me, it it did help me, help bring me back. Right. And, you know, and just kind of grounds me in faith. And, and I'm still walking every day just very much trusting that right. God has me perfectly placed. <laughs> you know, the challenges that I've encountered, I've encountered for a reason. And as a result, I'm supposed to talk about them. Right, because well, it's supposed to help mm-hmm. give other people freedom to talk about completely. That. And and I was just having that discussion. I mentor uh, a, a couple of um, well people in different stages of business. A, a woman uh, who is a CEO who is you know looking to do a roll up of a couple of different companies, and you know really not knowing where the resources to do that are going to come from. Um, but what I have shared um, about my situation and my faith and, and going through Hard Times 101, which is what your your Chapter 1 mm-hmm. talks about, is that it isn't that the faith side of this 
actually removes all of the problems. Uh, what yeah. it does is it allows you to have peace and clarity of vision for every step of the way. So you can actually have peace in the midst of the chaos and that you can have clarity of vision even if it's just the next step. So the flashlight maybe is the flashlight from your iPhone that only illuminates like the next three the uh, next, you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, I think we think we're going to have this big master flashlight that you know, uh, you know, will go miles away. in front of us. So oh, it's so brilliant, Chicky. I'm. Yeah. I uh, can I can we pause just for a moment on that point sure. because I think that is so important. And you know, I, what I found is just exactly what you're saying is that you know we're not given. The, the whole path. We don't see the whole golden <laughs> we want you know, yellow brick road, you know, leading to Oz at the end. But what we are given, it perfectly in the right timing, in the right way that we will pay attention to, you know, the next natural step. Right. And if we can trust that that will appear and then have the courage to take that next step. And sometimes that next step is a little bit younger. And I found, you know, just a tiny little baby step and maybe it's picking up the phone or a reference comes into your mind and it's called reaching out to someone or something fairly easy. Right. But sometimes the next natural step is huge, like leaving your home <laughs> or, right. you know, you know, turning in your car or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that sometimes the next natural step is scary. And, and I just, you know, I just want to point that out to folks that, you know, they come in different sizes and shapes, but we're still only meant to, you know, we're still only given the pieces we can handle right then. And exactly. It's okay and, and that to actually, not know <laughs> that leads me into chapter two, which is reality bites. And, and I'm going to take a play on those words that it is still bite size and we are never given more than we can handle. And, you know, if you can look at each thing as, as just, uh, you know, a challenge to be solved and i mean we never we never got in a place of despair in our own situation because you know there we just had to make it through the next little thing and it, and it wasn't we didn't have to see the all the way um yeah. you know but but reality can be tough to face but if you don't face it you can never come up with the plan so you know chapter 3 in your book goes right into that so how do you move forward well, I think that what we're talking about here is just is so critical. And first, starting with the faith and the trust that, you know, that this is a process. And it's a journey that is just going to unfold step by step and that this too will pass. And if we ask um, for that next step and we trust that it will appear, we're going to see it. And then it's up to us to have that courage. And I think that... Half the battle, Tiffy, is just letting go of figuring it all out. I think that our tendency is just to want to know what it's going to look like in a year, what it's going to look like in two years, and to, you know, again, kind of attach ourselves to that sense of arrival. And I guess what I, if if I could get one thing across in this book, is that it's it's a never-ending process of arrival. And right. that arrival really is today. <laughs> exactly. It, it's today. I, it's right now. <laughs> without a day. doubt. Without a doubt. And I will tell you, I've got a, a 13-year-old son, and it, it is so normal to hear him say, oh, I can't wait for Saturday. I can't wait for my birthday. I can't wait for Christmas. And he's always living in the future. And actually, I mean, I completely prefer that to the people who are, you know, wallowing in their past and who can never, you know, turn Mm -hmm. around and and see that, you know, there are things going on around you that if you would pay attention to them, you could be grateful for that instead of wallowing in the past. But, But I've tried to help my son understand that if you're always looking out to the future, and I'm a great visionary. I mean, that that's something mm-hmm. I do with regularity. But at the same time, try to live in the present. And there, there's a great book called The Present, which has a picture of a gift on the front. Oh, the and, and again, yeah. it's a play on words that if you can just grasp 
that if you can just look around you and just be grateful for what you've got, then all of a sudden it does multiply. I'm telling you, friends will show up your, at your door with groceries, and you won't even know how they knew that you didn't have money, you know, to do anything sure. but eat what's in the freezer and, and on the shelf, you know, which most of us have enough that we could probably huh? live for, you know, two or three weeks, you know, just on what's in our house. But, um, you know, it's just that we've got that. our body fat. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> hey, I wasn't going to bring that up, Teresa. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I just couldn't let it go by. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My goofy sense of humor. But exactly. yeah, but, you're, you're you know, absolutely right. Gratitude and being present right. for what what is right in front of us right. is the way that, you know, we'll continue to stay inspired and, and also that those gifts will multiply. Definitely. And you know, Definitely. chapter four in your book. Uh, it is about money matters and or money matters and i th- i think it's really the emphasis that you put on that that really uh tells you what you intend to get out of that particular chapter but i will tell you that the one thing that has gotten me through uh completely and i say this to my husband all the time it's monopoly money it's not even real we get so wrapped around the axle uh, and we forget that there are other ways to get things done. You know, there's trading and bartering and there is selling of your physical goods. And, you know, we certainly did plenty of that, you know, from Rolexes mm-hmm. to, you know, downsizing from two cars to one. And and there are all kinds of ways that you can change your financial picture. Now, obviously, it is best, uh, you know, to be able to go back and replace uh, the income side, but uh, you know, when you start focusing on how to cut back, I'll tell you what. When we finally had money again, and, and when I got my first check from that that several hundred thousand dollar consulting contract, we went out for lunch, and I'll, I'll never forget it. We were sitting at Fridays. It was the first time we had been out to lunch, literally in years, and uh, to a restaurant. And and I bought these little notebooks, and I gave one to everybody, and I said, okay, open it up, and on the left-hand side, write down all the things that you need. And, I mean, I needed, you know, undergarments and, yeah. you know, just yeah. basics. I needed to go out and get a good haircut, and, you know, those were the needs. And and then, you know, the once was the other side of the equation. And I've got kids who, at the time, they were uh, like 11 and, and 13, and, you know, they they could do, like, Christmas lists to Santa to choke a horse, right? And I expected them, like, to use page after page for the want side. Do you know my kids could not come up with more than two things that they wanted and very few things that they needed? And I thought, okay, well, if this is all this was supposed to accomplish, mission accomplished. You know, we got out of that, that intense materialism. Now, of course, as resources have come back and we've been able to put them back in in the Christian school where they had been going the private school uh you know taking them out of of uh, public school and you know they've they've grown to expect oh you know we'll let's stop at McDonald's on the way home and and right. you know so I do have to rein them back in but you know the next chapter and and I'll let you uh certainly comment on that but let's do it in the framework of this next chapter which really is about uh, and I'm going to paraphrase, the, the chapter is called Creating Your Own Economy. But I think the real thing is is how to achieve that financial independence. We used to think about that as, oh, well, I had to inherit money, and then I was financially independent. But now it's not letting anybody come in and give you a pink slip, not letting anybody come in and telling you you're out of here. So having more control over who you are. So why don't you talk to us about those couple of chapters? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I put those chapters in there because there's nothing like money to, uh, you know, and money challenges and money setbacks in particular to just really kind of hit us um, where it hurts, I think, that the self-esteem-wise and to kind of play up on that woulda, shoulda, coulda um, tendency, which it's hard it's hard not to do when you hit challenges and you look back and you say, Well, I should have done this and I could have done that and you know, money in particular, um, can have a lot of sh- of this shame or guilt that packs around it. And so I felt like it was important to call it out. Um, you know, and maybe it's not even getting to the point of bankruptcy, but it's something shy of that and we're just afraid to let people know that we're struggling in some way. Um 
but to to really start that, and, and I am a huge advocate of multiple streams of income, and I certainly have um, you know advocate creativity when it comes to money. And you've got to start where you're at, and that is sometimes the hardest place for people to start because they don't want to look at it, they don't really want to see it for what it is. And you know, you obviously, Chicky, in your challenges, you've had so many moments of empowerment, it's really wonderful that you're able to come back together with your family and say, what's the state of the union? What's really important to us? But, you know, sometimes before we get to that step, I've, I've just run into a lot of people where it's very easy to fall into a negative spiral or a cycle of some type where, you know, until you're willing to kind of face what is, you right. kind of medicate it, hoping it's going to go away. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. And that cycle can really catch us up. You know, it can result in addictions. It can result in, um, you know, some really negative self-sabotaging behaviors. And and I just I just want to encourage people that, you know, that's one of the things that God has gifted us with is the chance to start over every day, every thank hour. You, you know, and it doesn't <laughs> doesn't thank God, and it doesn't matter where you're at today. It doesn't matter if if it looks like the whole deck of cards is folding in. Um, it's okay, and you can look at it wherever you are right today, and you can identify one thing that you can do that's not leading you back into the cycle that is going to help step right. you out. And absolutely, if it means selling things that you don't need that are just laying around the house, you know, on Craigslist to get $1,000 together to form an emergency fund, then right. go do it, you know? If that's the first step. You, and you for a lot of like, people, honestly, You sound like a is. Dave Ramsey graduate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely, a Dave Ramsey graduate. Well, you know, he has a lot of wisdom in that. Oh, he and just does. Starting, starting with the real basics, but making sure that um, – making sure that your basic needs are covered. Exactly. Well, I have to tell you a funny story because in the midst of our bankruptcy, I was teaching Financial Peace University. And, of course, I mean, Dave Ramsey (laughs) himself has been through bankruptcy. Uh, He doesn't, doesn't, uh, you know, obviously encourage it. But for us, you know, there were a whole bunch of reasons why we didn't really have a choice. And and I really felt a lot of peace about it. So, you know, we did it anyway. But so, yeah, we were learning all of the Dave Ramsey principles and and we had already gone through as students. And then actually my my daughter, who is now 15, uh, went through it when I was teaching it. So she had lived all of this and and was learning. So, you know, I think the create, and again, I'm putting words in your mouth and into your book because I haven't actually had the pleasure of reading it yet. But um, the creating your own economy, I think, has so many dimensions and really just yeah. taking control of your future and not being a victim to what gets done to you is a that's huge it. piece of that. And that leads right into Chapter 6, and, and uh, I'm sure that's no surprise, of envisioning a better way and a better day. You say, or a better day, but I think it's it's really both. Yeah. And And this whole thing of being able to create your future – by saying it, by stating it, and and really envisioning it as if it were true today. And, you know, I do this in my coaching a lot. Um, you know, do completely unconstrained thinking. Don't think, oh, well, I don't have the money, or I don't have the people working for me, or I don't have a sales uh-huh. force, or I don't have this. Um, you know, really uh, talk about what would it look like if there were no constraints. Oh, absolutely. It's so important to do that. And and especially when we're given an opportunity, um, you know, to to reach deep and kind of recreate ourselves, it's, it's, yes, a challenge and something that, you know, we feel the need to recover from, quote, unquote. But at the same time, there's a huge gift and an opportunity in that. And we can kind of strip away the parts that maybe were part of that old chapter that weren't serving us as well. And we get a chance to reprioritize it, and we get this blank slate, this canvas to paint on. Um, and we can paint a whole different life. If we weren't happy with the job right. and the position that we were in, hey, guess what? We have a new opportunity to change industries or change positions. We can move laterally. We can move vertically. We can we can jump ship altogether and, and do something <laughs> radically different. You know, we can 
we can absolutely choose something different. And I think that when when we start to strip away the victimhood and look at the yeah, the silver lining are these these amazing opportunities to choose something new and exciting. Um, that's when the future really begins. And you're right, starting to envision it without limitations. There might be a huge gap between where you're at today and where you want to go, but if you can't see it, you can never get there. Well, and, and that's the funny thing is you, you also really have to pay attention to what other people around you are saying. And I got locked uh. up. Uh, with a guy about a year ago, and a, a friend of mine introduced me to him as a potential capital source for one of the project I, projects I was working on. And you know, I, I kept trying to make it work, and it just, it, you know, it wasn't gelling. It didn't. It, it. I didn't seem to have the right opportunity for the kind of structure that they had. And uh, just recently, I went back to him because I had been asked to get involved in this large uh, project in Antigua. And we're building a a uh, huge resort uh, that has both a five star and a six star facility, a marina, a water park, uh, a hospitality and culinary school, a, a, uh, a, a cultural and uh, performing arts center. I mean, it's it's oh, just going to be wow. unbelievable. And then, like a few days ago, uh, another opportunity like waltzes into my life yeah. that I never ever would have come across before. I was telling you about this earlier. Of uh, Marsha Mason, uh, the yeah. uh, the actress, has lived uh, north of Santa Fe for a number of years, and uh, she decided she's seventy years old and she wants to go back to Broadway. So she, uh, you know, put this. Uh, uh, estate up for sale a couple of years ago, and you know because of the economy, nobody, nobody has purchased it. And now we're looking at turning it into a retreat center. You know, high-level executives, um, board of directors, kinds of retreats, and adding a spa and all of this. And then, of course, uh, and this is before I looked at what your vision is that uh, Patty sent yeah. to me uh, when she sent me your background. And so yesterday, I get an email from this guy that I met a year ago, and he's the one who's funding, uh, you know, working with us to get funding for the Antica project now. And I send him this other opportunity, and I said, "Isn't this interesting that all of a sudden I'm attracting all of these, yeah. um, these uh, like sanctuary, uh, you know, mm-hmm. getaways?" And he sends me back a note he wrote to me a year ago that said. We have this role that we need within our organization to manage centers like this all over the world. And because of your hospitality background, I'm thinking that it could be you. I don't even remember reading that email. (laughs) He said, this has come to pass now. And wow. and and then that I read your background and and just for those who are uh, listening, um, well, why don't you tell us about Trillium? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, along this journey, my own wellness has been, you know, something that has definitely been a challenge. I've had to do a lot of learning in, and I also grew up in a very wellness-minded family. And you know, when I refer to total wellness, I really am talking about mind, heart, body, spirit, and each part of those and piece of that being so important. And so this, of course, ties right into the personal growth um, industry that I've been, you know, a part of and have loved and have really been addicted to since I was, a, you know, a young child, a teenager. But um, but in 2006, um, when I opened Inspire, a huge piece of that vision was understanding that Inspire was kind of a stepping stone to something much bigger, um, and that the coaching core that I was building at Inspire was really just the inside mechanism of a discovery um, vehicle by which I could help bring people into this larger destination spa resort, which Trillium is the name that came to me because it was really a three-part center, and, and Trillium is a native flower of Michigan, the state that I grew up. In and um, and surprisingly, North Carolina, where I now reside in as well, and it's an endangered species. But, right, and uh, I was reading a, reading about it when I first read that blurb, and it, yeah. it is interesting that it also is not supposed to be uprooted, and right. and that if you pull it out, it takes so long to get re 
uh, reinserted. And I was thinking that in the context of what we just talked about also, <laughs> that sometimes you need to not be so quick to pull yourself mm-hmm. up out of a situation. So anyway, go ahead with the, the vision. That's a really good point, Chickie. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, there's just some parts and pieces, um, you know, of of this vision that I've just kind of felt, honestly, like I'm just a, a channel for, to tell you the truth. I just, I feel like there's this, um, this healing and empowerment place that I'm called to create, um, called Trillium, and it really is, um, again, that destination spot. Um, location, but it has an integrative health um, component to it and an empowerment center, so kind of like a combination of a Canyon Ranch and an Omega Institute, right. um, if you will. And as to date, I cannot find anything on the planet that exists exactly like it. There's also a retreat component to it, and I've kind of drawn up a blueprint for this center And um, over the last five, six years, and I just, I truly know that each is um it's just I, I don't know, it's going to come about. It's just uh you gotta take each part and piece one step at a time. Right. Well so, I'll yeah, tell you what, I, I'm excited today. I'm excited to hear about what you're gonna do and I'll send you some of the things that I'm gonna do because nothing ever happens by accident, you know no. that. So let's talk about and, and actually it, it leads <laughs> us right into chapter seven, which is up and down working together for good. And you know, I think uh, again, I'm I'm uh, I'm reading things into your titles because this is how I would have written it, <laughs> and yeah. then you can tell me how you it's did write perfect. it. I love you know, it. Which which is all about the importance of the people around us. And let me tell you what what has been really being honed into my spirit is that wherever we are right now, we need to do an inventory of all the people that we know, all the things that we've done, and see how it relates to where we are right this minute. Because, you know, uh, last actually even two weeks ago, you yep. and I wouldn't have had the same things to talk about that we have to talk about today. No, it's because incredible, of what isn't it? Right. It's and so incredible. it's timing, it's, timing. it's networking, it is knowing what you need and yes. and being able to even ask for help. So talk to well, me about and, what you really wrote in Chapter 7. Oh, and Chicky, you know, just to play up on that, I'm so excited that you opened up the opportunity to talk about it because when I knew that I was getting ready to write the second edition of the book, your name popped into my mind immediately. I was like, oh, how funny. okay, I need to touch base with Chicky. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been two years since I've talked to you. Right. Right? But when when those references come up, I really do trust right. that, and I call them God whispers, you know, that God whispers these references into our mind and our hearts for a reason. And, again, it's just up to us to take action on them. Right. And, and so, actually, I'm, I'm going to interject here because that had to actually be spoken into Patty's heart because Patty, my, my executive producer, She's the one who got you back on the show, right? Because we look back at, at who our most popular um, guests are. And right. and so, you know, she did she did that. She initiated that. And, and so it's just so wow. interesting how that got woven together. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I interrupted. No, no. So to your point, ups and downs working together, we that's why such profound gratitude is called for in every situation because each and everything that's happening is happening for our good. Right. All of the challenges, all the blessings, all the experiences, all the conversations that may seemingly be random are not. Yes. They're not random. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it gives me chills actually just talking about it. God is so good. Well, and you know, it's it's funny because I I have been having so many conversations of late, and you know, again, you, you talked about like spending years away from religion. I mean, I prefer to spend the rest of my life away from religion because that's that's not really the thing, and I think that that's what holds mm-hmm. people back from understanding the nature of Absolutely. God and His heart, which is, you know, for any of us who are parents, 
you know, it's it's how you feel about your own kids, which is you want the best for them. You watch them make mistakes. You know that they have to sometimes make those mistakes to learn from them. But, uh, you know, again, just, just the very basics of, of understanding um, the Grand Weaver. And there, there's actually a book by Ravi Zacharias, um, and he's he might be a little cerebral for some, but uh, he tells this amazing story, and I've told it over and over again on this show. So for those of you who listen to me all the time, I apologize because I'm going to tell it one more time. <laughs> in the beginning of this book, and, and he grew up in India, uh, I believe, as a Hindu, and and he had a desire to go and see this uh, town and to go visit this factory where the wedding sari material, the silks, were made. Because the wedding saris are the best. You know, they're they're the finest yes. silks and they're the most beautiful. And so, you know, as he was growing up, he just had this vision in his mind of, of what that was going to look like. And so he goes to this little village in the north of India. And if you've ever been to India, you, you will know that it, it is, um, when you go into a marketplace, there are these very, very deep stalls, but they're not very wide, maybe maybe even eight feet wide. I'm, I'm betting that you could touch both walls in many of these uh, shops. And so he's expecting to find like a, a an alleyway back to a factory. And when he gets to this place, he's like, surely this can't be the right place. And he goes in, and up on an elevated platform in the back is this elderly man sitting cross-legged. And then down on a, a lower platform is a younger man with with a, a loom and a shuttle in in front of him that goes back and forth and, and does the weaving. And and the elderly man up on the, the platform in the back has all these different colors, threads, and, and he's the one that, that is changing them in and out. And, of course, if the – and as it turns out, the, the younger man is the son and, and the older man is the father, and, and – if he takes his eyes off of the shuttle and the loom and what he is doing, it, it could all get screwed up. Um, huh. But, you know, so as he's going back and forth, you know, sometimes the threads are brown and, and black and gray and, you know, dull. And then then the brilliant ones come in. You know, and that's really this whole journey that you've been talking about is sometimes yeah. we're seeing that. But the Grand Weaver knows what yeah. order they have to go in. And and so that's kind of what I see with this whole working together for good. As I sit back and I think, oh, man, look at what this person is it, doing. I can't it, believe it. And even to the point where this guy that uh, I had gotten together a year ago about getting funding, I yeah. had lunch with him two weeks ago. And he says, well, I am so excited about this project in Antigua. You know, it's just right down my alley because I, you know, I was part of the landscape architecture team for, I think it's Wilderness Lodge at Disney. And, and I had I had completely forgotten that he had been in the theme park business. And, of course, we're building a water park. But then he says to me, oh, by the way, our funders won't do anything if it doesn't have a philanthropic component. <laughs> and I'm like... <sighs> Oh, well, you know, everything I've been doing over the last two years, I started a company called Rock the World Enterprises, and, you know, we're doing all kinds of things to get back. And I said, well, everything I do has that. And he says, yeah, but you've got to be specific. And then all of a sudden, two days earlier, I had put into our packet that we needed to have a culinary institute and, and a service institute. And I had mentioned that we would work with the World Bank. And I said, ah. I get it. I know what I'm supposed yep. to do because I had done three radio interviews about human trafficking. And I said, we're supposed to provide a a place for them to return to because many of them can't return to their family. Oh, and, you know, perfect. they can't go home. And, and actually, you know, as I'm looking at your next chapters, uh, Unto Thine Own Self Be True and Living in the Past versus Living in the Light is just amazing. But anyway, so we're talking about this. And then I realized that uh, – that contract, that that uh, several hundred thousand dollar contract that I got the day after our bankruptcy was with AARP, and the woman who was the senior VP of the group I was working with now works for the International Justice Mission. And what do they do? Human trafficking rescue Human all traffic. over the world. Ah. Right. So I mean, like all this wow. stuff is coming together. It's amazing. But you know, chapter eight, unto thine own self be true. I think the big problem here, before you can even absorb this chapter, is knowing who you really are 
And sometimes, and I can tell you from the first 15 years of my, when I was still in corporate life before I became the corporate escape artist, um, is I thought I was the person I was in that environment. And that particular environment, working in corporate life, since I was always an entrepreneur and I just didn't know it, I didn't know who my own self was. So talk to me about that chapter. Yeah, Hilo, you've touched on so many parts of it, but just the the importance of, you know, autonomy and, and spending some time listening to, you know, what is really bubbling up inside of us. And sometimes when we have a setback, the natural thing is, like, you know, for example, with the job loss, well, I'm going to go out and replace that job. And so you immediately start kind of launching into that whole process. And I think it's important to listen to all those inner whisperings you know, those right. things that might be calling to us that maybe are left unexplored. You know, maybe there's some travel that um, we never thought we'd have an opportunity to do. And, and again, just not letting the how stop us up, but to just take the time. Inventorying is such an important word that you used earlier, Kiki. You know, right. not just the things that have led us here, but the things that are still, you know, calling to us inside. And maybe we don't know yet how those fit in, but they're important. If they right. keep cropping up, they're important. And giving ourselves the ability to just have the confidence um, to spend some time on that right. self-work, you know. And um, and these types of, of challenges give us a prime opportunity for growth because everything is kind of raked up and back out on the table, and we do get a chance to redefine ourselves. Um, This is just a prime opportunity in the midst of those challenges to look for those little seeds of things that we may have left dormant um, but that still live on us. And and we may have thought it was just a hobby, but maybe they're not just a hobby. Or we may have thought that, you know, they were just um, conversations that were meant to be had one time, but maybe they're not. Maybe they're conversations we need to reopen. Maybe there are people we need to re-see. Maybe there are places we do need to go. And maybe there are amazing gifts, you know, kind of waiting for us in the wings if we give ourselves an opportunity to listen to those those inner inner whisperings, inner drives. Right. That right. Um, that you know maybe we we just na- naturally when we're kind of in the treadmill of life don't give ourselves an opportunity to do. Right. Um, and it can be hard, like you said, uh, people around us can be saying things that are in exact opposition. I taking the time to do that, right? Oh, it doesn't yes. make sense. You obviously need to replace that income, or you obviously need to just get up and you know get over it, or you obviously need to whatever. Um, yeah, but only you know right. at the end of the day what you need. Well, and, and that's really true. And and again, I really encourage people, and I've been telling my business partners, you know, you need to go off and find some quiet time, even if it's just an hour. And do that inventory. And I, I have actually a speech that I give, uh, you know, when I'm asked to keynote, uh, particularly at women's events, but it works with men uh, as well. And, and it's called Black Holes and Diamonds. And the, the whole issue of mining, which we actually talked about at the beginning of this, of, of how you produce this amazing gemstone is, is through the, the pressure. But when I yep. first did this talk, and I, I, you know, I, I thought about that, but I never saw what a diamond mine looked like until I uh, went to get the visuals for, the, for you know, my presentation. And I saw that a diamond mine is this big black hole in the ground. I mean, it's not like any other mine that is just like in the side of a mountain. You've got something that takes you into the mine, you know, a small hole. No, this is like miles wide and very, very deep, conical in shape. And down at the bottom is where where the diamonds are mined. And wow. and so I started thinking about how our lives are like that. And, and mm-hmm. this is even this next uh, chapter, Chapter 9, Living in the Past versus Living in the Light. When you live in the black hole, you can't see out. I mean, you might see the sky, but you cannot see how you get out of that big black hole. And and the bigger the black hole in your life, um, and, and if you map yeah. your life out, just do a timeline of your life, you're going to have little black holes, maybe you lose a job, or you have a big black hole, you get divorced, or, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. it, it's all different and it's all unique. 
but your black hole will be followed by a diamond. And that diamond intersects usually with someone else or a group uh, of someone else's. And if you start doing that with the people around you and the people who who you love, and you guys have had those conversations, oh, man, if this had never happened, I would never have met you. You know, and I look at at even my husband's life and, and, you know, his, his, uh, you know, tragic divorce and then his, you know, his ex-wife died. And, I mean, there were all kinds of things that if those things hadn't happened, this, this, and this wouldn't have happened. And and that allows you to really sit back and, and rather than living in the past, living in the black hole, choosing to live in the light and holding that diamond in the palm of your hand and really being able to be grateful. And, you know, that that's yeah. the real freedom. And your last chapter, and again, I'm going to let you comment on this, but let's, since we're running out of time here, it's almost 1 o'clock, um, you know, the whole topic of emergence and coming out and, and really stepping out of that place and the true rebound, which is, is many times you rebound even higher and better and faster and more amazing than, than where you started. Oh, absolutely. And and I think that the freedom that I tried to bring forward in that chapter is the acknowledgement that, again, that it's a dynamic, ever-fluid, ever-moving process, and that emergence is acknowledging that process more so than some imaginary, you know, elusive, utopian state of arrival where all the finances are restored and all the health is restored. Or, you know, there there are times when things can't be, you know, put back together exactly the way it looked before. It's not going to happen that way. Um, so the quicker we can get to the point where we embrace, it, you know, and I'm so glad you got you brought back that word gratitude, get brought back to the now, and being. Oh, I think I lost you. May have had a cell phone battery well, because it's no longer oh, there. You are. I lost you. I lost internal. you for the the last bit of that thought. You 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 went completely uh, just silent. Just at that point, that's where the happiness is is available to us. Your hints on anything external, right? Yeah, Teresa. All of a sudden, you're breaking up quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're moving, but but we're losing uh, uh, more than oh, 50% of what you're saying. But, you know, it, it's okay because, you know, I think we're really um, winding down here. And, uh, you know, if they if they want more, they just need to go buy the book. That's that's all there is to it. And yeah. I, I recommend going back on Blog Talk Radio and, and searching um, for Teresa. And if you look at the current book, which is called Rebounding, a practical guide for getting up and getting over it. And Teresa's um, uh, name before she went back to her maiden name is Salihu Musso. Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, I've lost her again. Um, anyway, uh, if you'll go to uh, the Executive Girlfriends Group book site or to Amazon and look for Rebounding, the practical guide for getting up and getting over it, uh, you will be able to also search for uh, Teresa's name on Blog Talk Radio and find the original show that we did two years ago. I'm going to go back and listen to it myself because I think it'll be great fun. Well, it sounds like uh, Teresa is is uh, no longer with us, but I just want to thank her uh, in absentia for an amazing show, and uh, I just really look forward to uh, to reading the revised version of her book. And thank you so much for joining us, and we uh, appreciate everyone who listens to the Executive Girlfriends Group show, both those who are members in the Executive Girlfriends Group. Uh, And if you'd like to know more about that, see www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. And uh, for those of you who are listening to us on Blog Talk Radio or iTunes, thank you so much for joining us. And you will not want to miss next week's show uh, my guest next week is Dondi Scamacci. She is one of my favorite uh, people in the world and, and one of my favorite authors. She is motivating and inspiring and uh, just so practical in how she uh, lies uh, lays out the, the premises of her books. 
this new book of hers is uh, called In a uh, Softer Strength. A Softer Strength is the name of the book. So uh, take a peek at that and join us next Friday at noon. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great weekend. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.